Egghead Vika 3.7, Science Hotline for Egghead's listener service. How may I help you today? Hello, my name is Gabe. I live in Canada and I am wanting to know more about Venus flytraps. Thank you. Plants that eat insects. Interesting. Thanks for calling. You're listening to Science Hotline for Eggheads. Hey, we're your hosts, Victoria. Oh my god, I said hosts, not hosts. Let's try <laughs> that again. Yeah, it's okay. I, like I said, ho- hot hosts. <laughs> like goats, hosts. <laughs> hosts. Okay. Right. Hey, we're your hosts, Victoria Falkowska and Nanny Louie. <laughs> okay. okay, going with that. Sounds great. Okay. Okay, what do you think of plants eating insects instead of the other way around? Well, um, I think it's just kind of a way how plants live and how they take nutrients. So, and it, and it works, like it's part of the environmental system. And if we try to change that, it's probably going to mess everything up. Yeah, that makes like, way more sense. At first, when I first like, realized that there were plants that eat animals, no, mm-hmm. not animals. Well, insects mostly. I was kind of like, I don't know about you, but like I was always taught that like animals or insects eat the plants, not the other way around. So yeah. I found it like really fascinating. Plants eating insects is like one of those things that happens in like fictional stories and comics, even though I never read comics, but like you just hear it in stories. And it's just hard to imagine if these plants evolved to eat humans you know what i mean like yeah i mean i don't know like i've never actually seen one in real life mm-hmm. well not that i'm aware of maybe i've seen one but it's like so i didn't realize they saw one mm-hmm. i don't know i find it like really cool and i'm actually honestly thinking about getting one like a carnivore plant yeah but the problem is if there's like no bugs or flies flying around that you have to like actually feed it i mean that's not really a problem I want to get one, but at the same time, I don't want to because, like, I feel like I may not have the exact stuff that I need to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so before we start talking about, like, the Venus flytrap, like, in particular, I want to yeah. focus a bit more about carnivorous plants in general because why not, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so carnivorous plants there are like over 630 species to exist but only like a couple like venus flytrap are actually known like pretty well known there are like five main ways they trap their prey there's the pitfall traps which is basically like a rolled leaf that contains these bacteria yeah next is flypaper traps they use like a sticky like mucilage which is basically this like thick glue substance made that gets made by a lot of plants and some microorganisms and stuff mm-hmm. and then that's how they trap it and then snap traps which are like they use fast leaf movements which is you know snap traps yeah, yeah it's pretty self-explanatory next mm-hmm. bladder traps they basically suck in prey like a vacuum and yeah. then there's lobster or like paw tra- lobster paw traps or eel traps. Like mm. it's the same thing, but it's known as both. Basically, mm-hmm. this like forces prey to move towards a di- digestive organ 
or oh my god organ i'm sorry it's using okay. inward pointing hairs so they like push it and then it's pretty cool mm -hmm. and then yeah. here's the thing about them like most plants get like nitrogen like from their soil right like yes. carnivorous plants get it from their prey and they like adapted to that and i'll get into that like in a tiny bit so Basically, carnivorous plants are plants that get some or more or most of their nutrients from trapping and consuming animals and protozoans. So like insects and arthropods. I see. Yeah. And then like, however, like they still get energy from photosynthesis and stuff like the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing. Why? they get most of their nitrogen from the prey it's basically because they're adapted to grow in places where soil is like really poor and the nutrients like especially nitrogen like mm -hmm. super low so they have to get it somehow else mm -hmm. just like pretty cool that they like adapted to do wow like survival skills it's i'm unable to imagine how the world just came to be like this like how the i don't know how the plants formed to be like the way they are and how they are living yeah like i get that because like it's so weird to think about at once like this thing was like a huge rock and now it's like filled with stuff yeah <laughs> like that's the best way to explain it stuff yeah stuff <laughs> yeah, stuff Ready. Okay, so three types of carnivorous plants that I'm going to talk about before I get into Venus flytrap. I mean, there's like so many, they're all like really cool, but these three sound like really good. Cool. So there's, I think I, I'm going to pronounce these so wrong. At <laughs> time, like my pronunciation saying these is going to be like so messed up. So that's going to be fun. Okay, first one, Drazerta. No, not even, there's, no, there's not even a T, I'm sorry. Drosera or Drosera, I don't know. I'm going to call it sundew because it's known as a sundew. Oh, okay. Okay, so sundew. <laughs> yeah, it has about 194 like, different varieties, like subspecies in that species, mm -hmm. which is like, kind of a lot if you really think yeah, about but... it. How this plant works. So, like, it produces these, like, sweet droplets that attract mm -hmm. insects, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. then these droplets are also sticky. <gasps> surprise, yeah. surprise. Ooh. Oh, like, I know. Plot twist. Just talking about that, I just remember in, like, um, washrooms, I just see those, like, big tapey stuff that's, like, super sticky. And there's, like, a bunch of dead flies on them, and I just get kind of disgusted, you know? <laughs> that is kind of way off topic okay yeah <laughs> drops right i mean it's like the insect gets trapped in them because the insect like oh sweet stuff probably not sticky i'm smart and I'm like traps <laughs> anyway then the plant closes and the insect suffocates to death yay oh. moving on <laughs> oh wow you're a great storyteller i know right okay <laughs> next one Nepenthe. Oh my god, I can't say it. Nepenthe. <sighs> Moving on. Number two. Nepenthes. It is found in tropical areas. <gasps> Never would be expected. Oh my god, English. Ugh. 
Okay, it's found in tropical areas, so it's like really lucky because I really wish I was in a tropical area right now, but that is not important. Okay, it is shaped like a small jar or like a jug. So nice. Like, you know, it's kind of weird, but it's cool. So, yeah. So, <laughs> it produces a liquid. <gasps> Number one produces droplets. This one produces a liquid. Like, we're switching it up. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right so but this one like it attracts mosquitoes <gasps> oh like, mosquitoes, like it's insects Ooh. yeah like it's crazy okay <laughs> so because it's shaped and like it's slippery like it's really slippery inside like these insects can't get out <gasps> oh wow. so they fall and in and they get trapped and then they die oh, that's yeah awesome. literally that's pretty cool i mean Plants are so creative. I know, right? Nature, yeah. Mother Nature. Yeah, but these ones are actually these ones are actually pretty good, like big. Like they can grow up to fifteen meters, bruh. Like they're pretty big, bruh. Yeah, I was literally just holding up like my thirty centimeter um, ruler, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> and you're like, it's fifteen meters. <laughs> Bruh, wow. <laughs> okay, last one for carnivorous plants in, gener uh, in general. Okay, this one. This is the worst one to say. <clears throat> Cephalotus follicularis. Huh? huh? You sound I like you're performing a Hogwarts spell or something. <laughs> Love you. I'm say so, Cephalotus follicularis. All right? I can't believe I said that. It sounds so Hogwartsy and smart. Okay. <laughs> okay, like a bunch of people say it's like small but deadly, so that's like pretty cool. It comes from Australia. <laughs> surprise, <Ooh>. surprise. <laughs> Something small but deadly comes from Australia. Never would have guessed. <laughs> Bro. No offense to Australia at all. Uh, like, at all. Yeah, like, love that place. But you gotta admit, it has like some very dangerous animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So let's talk this one. This one spices it up a little bit. Okay, right? So it's like shaped like a small jug. These ones are like way smaller than the previous ones, right? Okay. And it has water. It has water in them. Did Bro. you hear that? Water. Wow. Right? And then the insects, they don't suffocate. They don't get, like, like they don't trapped. They drown. Wow, nice. They drown in the water. Like, what a way to die. Let's talk about the Venus flytrap. Like, the, our main, our star plant of the day. Yeah, star plant. Okay. Our star plant. It gets in the spotlight. It's all fancy and... Edie, you know. Edie. Okay. <laughs> the sign Edie. I, I can't think of adjectives, so like it eats, so Edie. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Scientific name is Dianea Mushipula. Right? Cool. I think that's how you say it. I think I said it right for the first time. Next, it comes from the Drosiraceae family which is basically mainly carnivorous plants. Not mainly, but, like, mm -hmm. plants that, like, 
grow in poor soil conditions, which mm-hmm. if like you were listening, I mentioned previously on that most kind of waste plants are like poor soil conditions and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It consists of about 155 species of carnivorous plants. So, like, this plant specifically is, like, very well-known for its, like, eating habits because, like, really cool. Mm -hmm. And then it mainly grows in the wild in North and South Carolina, the United States, by the way. Okay. And then, then, yeah, and the Venus flytrap is, like, a very popular houseplant. All, like all over the world so it's it's a per- perennial plant it's most specifically uh herbaceous perennial which i'll kind of get into in a bit okay so perennial plants i'm gonna say this because it's the first like the first episode that i'm doing and it's the first episode about plants i'm gonna explain a bit what perennial is in case mm-hmm. somebody doesn't know mm-hmm. okay so perennial lives longer than two years crazy and then there's two types of perennials right there's like woody plants and herbaceous perennials and then so woody plants they're like trees and shrubs right so like they're above ground body like lives through the winter and so does the below ground and it just resumes in the spring right mm-hmm. but herbaceous perennials they're like non-woody so they don't have like a woody stem or whatever and they're like they're above ground parts they die Bruh, dead, dead. Oops. <laughs> they're above. Sorry. Their above body dies. But, like, their underground parts live, so it can, like, rebloom. Oh, God. Which is That's pretty cool. cool. It's like your head falling off, but then, like, coming back on. <laughs> Great. That's... That, was the first, that was, like, the first thing I thought of. It was, like, something that cuts off, so... Estimated time to live is about 20 years, if properly taken care of, which is kind of a long time for plants. I guess. Honestly, I would be too scared to keep this plant in my house. What if it evolved to eat me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You, I guess I'm so lame, and you're like, yeah. Wait, I did. I'm sorry. I did not hear you say that. Oh, I'm offended. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I did not hear you say that because, like, we're doing Zoom and it's not important. Okay. So it, let's resume here. Right? Because it's bloom time is between May and June. So that's cool. And then my favorite part it is around $20. For a four-inch Venus tra- flytrap on Etsy. Just putting it out there in case anybody's interested. Like me, because I'm interested. So this is honestly just for me. But in case anybody else wants to, then just put- putting it out there. Wow, it's actually cheaper than I thought. Yeah, probably. It is decently cheap for this type of plant. Okay, there are some nutrients that gets from soil. But like it mainly eats insects and like arachids. Arachins, I don't know. Basically, beetles, ants, grasshoppers, spiders, flying insects, and stuff. That's what it eats. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? And then the trap, like, here's the thing. The trap can only open and close, like, a certain amount of times before falling off. Oh. Right? Oh. Yeah. Okay. But then, here's the thing. The plant, like, produces a new one from, like, the underground stem. So, like, new oh, one. Okay. It's like, yeah. New head. So, like, the... <laughs> 
Yeah. Like your head gets cut off, but then like it reblooms. Like your I think it's your liver that does that. Honestly. Your liver? Huh? I think so. I saw a TV show that says like if you because people don't eat livers, right? They only take a certain amount of like of the liver and then the liver like regrows. Huh? I don't know if that's true or not. I saw it on like TV a couple of days ago. Does a liver grow back? Regenerate. That's the word. Yeah, it does. Bro! See? But like, doesn't your um, liver reject you now since you took it out and then you put it back in? What? Because like sometimes when you take your like organs out and then you put a new one in, your body will reject it and it won't accept oh, any yeah. Yeah. would you be charged if you like didn't take good care of it yeah i think so there's like some endangered plants that you can get like in huge trouble if you dig up from the ground if you just oh. like, growing there because it's endangered you have to like leave it be oh yeah okay then it's basically threat like it's threatened by like habitat destruction and over collection that's why it's like vulnerable and stuff that's great and all but how does it actually eat the insects so the trapping mechanism right so how it works so inside its inner surface there are these like trichomes or i think that's how you say trichomes which are basically these tiny hairs right and then the trichomes trigger the lobes so sort of like the jaw like the jaw of it right just like so the lobes like shut when prey contacts them right and then this movement movement sorry about that is called thigmontacy so thigmontacy is a non-directional plan response to being touched so that's basically what happens like quick recap like less scientific there's these tiny hairs and when like an insect touches the hairs the jaw shuts and then that's it and but like to not waste any any energy, the lobes only shut when like the trichomes are touched like multiple times, like to make sure the prey is there. Because again, like the prey can only shut like a certain amount of times before it falls off. And then it has small bristles on the hinged like traps, like on the end of the lobes. So these bristles they squeeze together when the trap is shut, like so that make sure the prey can't like wiggle out or anything. And then. It basically, it takes three to five days to digest an organism fully. And then it can also go months between meals. So that's pretty cool. And that's it. How exactly do you grow this complicated sciencey plant? <laughs> so basically this plant needs a soil that is like more acid than regular houseplant soil. Like most houseplants use. Not exactly sure why. And then it needs to be watered more often regular houseplants and like you cannot fertilize it like it is completely like not recommended it'll just be completely counterproductive and will not help it grow at all mm. right and then you have to f obviously feed it live insects because that's why we're doing it because it's cool because it eats live insects right mm. so how you do this in case like, you don't know or you can't figure it out so you take the tweezers right and you take an insect and then you just let it touch the hairs that easy wow i know like we never would have figured that out 
Like, I'm actually going to spend two hours feeding insects to a plant by touching this hair. (laughs) It's so weird. Honestly, I feel like I do it. (laughs) I'm honestly thinking about doing it. Because I don't know why, but it seems really cool. Right? Okay. And then it's, like, recommended to keep track how often you feed it because, you know, how eventually it, like, falls off. Mm -hmm. So just, like, to know how long, averagely, it can be fed or whatever right mm. and then it goes to the stage of like dormancy in like the fall when sun- sunlight levels decrease mm-hmm. so like it will look dead like the top like will look dead like mm-hmm. i mentioned before it's like pre perennial i think that's how you say it. so like yeah. lives underground still mm-hmm. so like don't get rid of it because it looks dead it is not dead unless you killed it so don't kill it all right oh, okay <laughs> Yeah, and, like, during this time when it looks dead, like, give it less water. And, like, still give it water because the underground is alive, but just less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And, like, okay, even though it's, like, a plant that eats insects, it can still get infected by bug pests. Mm, wow, that <laughs> is fascinating. I know. You sound, like, like so bored like- right now. You're, like, mm, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> Wow, like you're eating it. You, your prey can like hurt you. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, so like it gets bug pests, right? So it's like aphids and fungus. The only reason they can't eat is because it's like too small to eat. Oh, okay. It is like tiny. So three kind of things basically to kind of remember. So like for light, it needs like twelve hours of direct sunlight, and then Bruh, for soil, how do you even get that? I mean, I mean, this is, like, during summer, right? Oh, okay. And then you can also, like, there's, like, LED, like, lights, so they're yeah, like, yeah. fake lights. Those also, like, help, but that doesn't counter the sunlight part. Bruh. Anyway, the soil should be, like, horticultural sand and, like, peat moss. So, like, an equal amount of both would work pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then for water, it is, like, better to use rainwater than tap water. Bruh. Like, I don't know why. I would not ever, like, house this plant. Like, no. I mean, it's a picky yeah. eater. What do you I know, expect? Like, you need to feed it insects. It needs, like, 12 hours of direct sunlight. And then, it like, you have, like, it prefers rainwater. Like, what? Yeah, it's kind of kind of odd. Not, yeah. Too much responsibility. <laughs> it is, like, it's a very, like, time-taking plant is that yeah. what let's just say this i don't have the de- dedication respect to the people who do <laughs> what would happen if carnivorous plants could eat humans wow wow um if they can i feel like that'd be really cool uh, like it's very sad for the humans that get eaten but plants eating humans just sounds really cool you sound like you're going to be, like, the last person on Earth or something. Here's the thing. Again, they, they grow in North and South Carolina, so, like, those places are kind of in trouble, but... <laughs> oh, like, wait! in Canada. Wait, this relates to genetic coding! What if a math scientist used this technology and went on to code... Code... I can't pronounce it. <laughs> code, right? <laughs> <laughs> A math scientist mm-hmm. went to code, 
<laughs> I'm really bad with these like ode sounds. Okay, listen, okay. Rose gold. Um, yeah, listen. <laughs> I cannot do it. Like, yeah, I'm just really bad with pronunciation. pronunciation how it is. Anyway, what if a mad scientist went to genetic code one of uh, these plants and then they could eat humans? Like, this all loops back together. This would make a good movie. Whenever yeah. you met, like whenever, like last time you mentioned a mad scientist coming into babies, not a plant. Just saying. <laughs> oh my god, this could be the sequel to the first movie. Oh yeah. What if? I oh had like he coded those babies, and then he went on to code these plants, and then these plants went to eat the babies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so cruel. Oh my god. No, what if mm-hmm. he like codes the, like the kids, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, the kids, like, the kids all become that, like, and then he gets arrested because he's bad, boo-hoo, right? But then, the kids turn out to be insane scientists, so they team up, and they, they split up, and they get a bunch bruh. of plants to humans. I, bruh, wow. I literally can't imagine that. Thank you for listening to Science Hotline for Eggheads. Episode editing done by Nancy Liu. Research done by me. If you don't know who I am, well, that sucks to be you. Thank you to Britain. Why are you Thank you to Britannica. I said this so wrong. Wikipedia, The Spruce, Green Garden and NPW for your awesome and free resources. This episode would not be possible without you. If you want to learn something new about science, just ring the hotline, record yourself audio or video. Hello, my name is blah blah, and I want to learn more about blah blah. Send the record to our email, eggheadslistenerservice at gmail.com. No caps, no spaces. Listen to every episode to learn more about your subject. You'll become an egghead in no time. Thank you for sharing all that heavy information, Vika. You're such an egghead for knowing that. <laughs> I have this valley girl accent now. Oops. <laughs> okay, we're done. Ooh, this time actually only took us one and a half hours.